Good morning and welcome to Ictos Next Gen. Welcome to our church. If this is your first time to join us this morning, if this is your first time to join our Daring Faith campaign, welcome to our church. I met Johan this morning. Johan, welcome to our church. And uh, shall we give our first time guests a round of applause, please? Welcome. Welcome to Ictos. Kag si Manang, dira si Manang yan, hindi any first time, second time any. Uh, but if this is your first time to be with us this morning, welcome to our church. If this is your second time or you missed a church in the past for some reasons, welcome back. Welcome back to welcome back to Ictos. And uh, just before I preach this morning, I would like to special shout out for those joining us online today. I would like to, I don't know if this is live. Can you send Marivik Liaguno? She's in Australia right now. Marivik, maayogid nga hapon. Okay, maayogid nga hapon sa imo dira sa Australia. She, she, she used to sit here in front, but now she's in Australia for 10 days. Maayogid nga hapon sa imo dira. And for those joining us in the US, maayong nga gabi, sabado nga gabi sa inyo dira sa Amerika. And of course, I would like to greet the BTS as well. BTS is watching us. Today. Barangay Tabok Soba Boys, wala mga tao there. Ah, reading isa, pero ang iban nga wala naka-join. Maybe sa delayed telecast, maybe they're watching sa Ilabalay, BTS. Barangay Tabok Soba Boys. Mga mekaniko ni Earl sa iya nga. Nunez Car Clinic. Maayogid nga hapon sa inyo or maayong gabi sa inyo drawa whenever what time you are watching our daily delayed telecast. We are now in session 4 of our Daring Faith Campaign. We are now in session four of our Daring Faith campaign and sort of review, and sort of review in session one, we discuss about building a life, building a life of faith. Faith is seeing things in advance. I love this. Faith is seeing things in advance. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1 tells us, faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. In session one, we have learned that faith is believing even when I don't see it. Faith is obeying even when I don't understand it. Faith is giving when I don't have it. Faith is persevering when I don't feel like it. Faith is thanking before I receive it. Faith is trusting even if I don't get it. In session two, we talk about expecting, expecting the best. We can expect the best from God because we know that He loves us and that He wants the best for each one of us. Listen, if you don't believe that God loves you, if you don't believe that God loves you unconditionally, then you cannot expect the best from Him. You know why? Because how can you expect the best from someone whom you don't even trust? <laughs> right? But because we know that God loves us, then we can have faith that He is working all things together for our own good. The Bible says to them who love God, to them who are called according to His purpose. Session 3 is about stretching our imagination. If we want God's best for our lives, we must change the way we think. We must think as God thinks. We must learn how to stretch our imagination. In one of the examples of Jesus, He said, you cannot put new wine in an old wine skin. Before battles, before crystal battles were invented, they used wine skins in the past. They used wine skin during Bible times. And Jesus said, you cannot put new wine in an old wine skin. Otherwise, you will break the old wine skin and spill the wine. If you want God's dream for your life, you must learn how to stretch your imagination. Today, in session four, we are going to cover about taking the initiative. Taking the initiative is following God's direction. It is making the commitment not just with your words, but with your actions. It was daring faith that David fought Goliath. It was daring faith that Joshua took that first step towards the flooding Jordan River. 
It was by faith that Abraham left the comforts of his home and stepped out into the unknown. It was daring faith that Peter stepped out of the boat and walked on water. Now question, what does daring faith looks like to you? What does daring faith looks like to you? What battles are you in right now? Are you facing financial battles? Are you facing relational battles? What challenges are you facing right now? What opportunities lies ahead of you? Knowing all these things, what's your next step? Are you waiting for God to do something in your life? But has it ever occurred to you that maybe, that maybe God is waiting for you to do something first? To make the commitment. To make that daring faith, daring step of faith. You see, you can talk about faith all day, but unless you do something about it, it's just talk. Now, the Bible says this in James chapter 2, verse 18 and 20. Show me your faith without doing anything, and I will show you my faith by what I do. Faith that does nothing... <laughs> is worth nothing. That is a great tagline. You can underline those words. Faith that does nothing is worth nothing. You have to take the initiative. In other words, at some point in your life, in your life of faith, you have to step out in faith. You have to do what God is telling you to do. You have to have that commitment to step out in faith. Faith is not just saying that you will do something. Faith is actually doing it. Faith is not just saying that you believe something. Faith is actually living like you believe it. You see, my friends, faith and obedience go together. You cannot have one without the other. Now, where do you get the strength to find the initiative? Maybe there are things in your life that you really wanted to do and you just have not done them yet. You just do not have the initiative to do it. Maybe it is to get baptized. Maybe it is to join a church or to be involved in a ministry. Or maybe it is to start tithing. You have always known what you should be doing. You just have not taken the initiative to do it. Now, where do you get the energy to do it? The answer is in our memory verse this week. One of the most famous verse in the Bible. It's found in Philippians chapter 4, verse 13. Amunin quote ni Sir Ferds Kaina. We are now in session 4. I don't know kung ang aton ng mga memory verses for the past three weeks. The first is in Matthew chapter 9, verse 29. Can you memorize it? Can we quote it by memory? Matthew 9, 29. Ready? Begin. Matthew 9, 29. According to your faith, will it be done unto you? Second week, ang ating memory verse is found in Romans chapter 8, verse 28. Memorize. Ready? Begin. Kung kanya may memorize, araw na sa inyo ang mga, <laughs> sa inyo ang mga bookmarks. Romans 8.28 says, For we know that God is working all things together, lain be a conversion, for our own good to them who love God and to them who are called according to His purpose. Last week, ang ato ng memory verse is found in, di nang ganit makita, 1 Corinthians 2.9 no eye had seen, no ear heard, neither no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love Him. Will you give yourselves a round of applause? Tatlo na ka versikulo ang inyo na sa ulo. Matthew 9.29, Romans 8.28, kag? 1 Corinthians 2.9. This week, ang atong memory verse is found, our memory verse is found in Philippians chapter 4, verse 13 that says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Can we quote this together? Starting with the reference. Ready? Begin. 
Philippians 4.13 I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Listen, when you take the initiative, when you step out in faith, you can hold on to this promise that God will give you the strength to do what He is asking you to do. It is not according to your strength. But the Bible says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. When God guides, He provides. When you know what God wants you to do, when you know what's God's will for your life, take the initiative to do these four things. Apat kabagay nga imo dapat himuon sa imo kabuhi. This is what it means to live by faith, by daring faith. Number one, four things that you should do in your life according to the strength that God is giving you. Number one, it's right there in your workbooks. You can fill it out. Number one, you have to obey God. You have to obey God immediately. In other words, you don't delay. You don't argue. You don't make excuses. You don't procrastinate. When God tells you to do something, you just obey it. Psalm 119 verse 32 says, I will obey quickly your commands. Quickly. You can underline the word quickly. And in verse 60, this is what it says. Without delay, I hurry to obey your commands. Do you do that? Do you hurry to obey God's commands? Are you quick? Are you without delay? Is there a time in your life when you are procrastinating to do something that you know you need to do? May mga bagay sa imo kabuwi nga nabalaan mo nga dapat mo himuon pero ginapawalaan mo lang. Kagwala mo ginahimo. Maybe it is to go back to your Bible reading. You are reading your Bible in the past. Now you stop reading. And you know that you ought to do it, but you just don't do it. Maybe to go back to your prayer time and meditation. You used to wake up 5.30 in the morning in the past. Now you stop. Now you feel weak. Now you always feel depressed and discouraged. You know that you ought to read your Bible and spend time with God, but you, don't, you, you just don't do it. Maybe to slow down and spend more time with the family. Maybe to diet, <laughs> sleep early, exercise, and take care of your health. Maybe to watch your temper. What, is there anything in your life that you ought to be in a hurry to be doing? Ano ni nga mga bagay sa imo kabuwi nga dapat ubrahon mo, kag ubrahon mo na subong, nagadali ka? You just do it. Do it immediately. Faith is trusting God and saying, God, I may not understand what you are telling me to do. I may not be comfortable to do it right away, but since you are telling me to do it, I'm going to do it and I'm doing to do it immediately. Remember, faith is obeying God even when I don't understand it. You know, sometimes parents would tell their children to do something and their children ask why. <laughs> you know, parents, sounds familiar. Parents would tell their ch children, especially young children, to do something and children just delayed. They don't obey and they ask why. We tell them to eat vegetables and not just hot dogs and bacon and ice cream all the time. And they ask, why? Why? Vegetables doesn't taste good. <laughs> you know what? We may not have time to explain to our children, but since parents, since as parents, we know what is best for them, we tell them to do it anyway. Hindi na mamangkot, kaun lang bala. Don't ask, just eat it. You know another thing? When God tells you to do something, you just have to do it even when you don't have the right attitude. Let me say it again. When God is telling you to do something, just do it. Even 
though you don't have the right attitude to do it. Ay pwede lang na. Is it okay to do what God commands us to do even though we don't have the right attitude? It is just like parents telling their children, go and clean your room, but only when you feel good. <laughs> only when you have the right attitude. No, it will not happen. You have to clean your room because that's the right thing to do. And it's for your own good. My friends, you just have to obey God in spite of your feelings, in spite of your bad attitude, in spite of your poor mood. God will just fix your attitude later, but first you just have to obey. You know, I remember when we were young and our parents would send us to Sunday school. I, I, I just don't like it. I hate it. You know, um, from Monday to Friday, you go to school, you wake up early, you go to school, you come home late, you come home tired, and then Saturday is uh, the time that you clean the house, you do all the household chores, and now it's Sunday. I'm going to sleep, you know, late and wake up late, but our parents would wake us up and send us to Sunday school, and we don't like it. But we do it anyway, even though we don't have the right attitude. And when we get to Sunday school, we also enjoy Sunday school. Nag-enjoy man kami. You know, kids, kids are born knowing how to play the game of delayed obedience. Built in sa ila, inborn sa kabataan, that they are born how to play the game of delayed obedience. And we play this game with God like how kids play with their parents all the time. And the first game that kids play with their parents with delayed obedience is play deaf. In Ilonggo, we call it, in our own dialect, Johan, we call it pabo. Pabungol-bungol. Pabo. They're playing computer games and you call them, dinner's ready. But they don't stop playing computer games, they just keep on playing. And when you call them the second time, with uh, the key, you know, carrying the key, kusi, blah, yabi, skillet. Are you calling me, ma'am? Are you calling me? Sorry, I didn't hear it. Baka kusugusog sa tingog mo, provide siya kuno kapati. Playing, playing deaf. You know, as adults, we play this game with God all the time as well. We know what's the right thing to do. We know that God is telling us to do it, but we play deaf. Sorry, God, I don't hear you. We are not just listening because we don't want to listen. You know, God is talking to you just like He is talking to you right now. But you just pretend that you don't hear Him. You play deaf. Listen, what are you pretending God is not telling you to do right now? What are you pretending that God is not telling you to do right now? In other words, aside from pabo, gapa, gapawala ka lang. Gapawala ka lang. Wala labot ka, pabungol-bungol ka, gapawala ka. You know what's the right thing to do? But you just don't do it. He's told you over and over again, but you are not, you are pretending not to hear him. Maybe God is telling you to straighten your life once and for all. Tadlungan na balang kabuhi mo. Once and for all. Nalipay kaya nga amo ka lang na permi pasaway, paugtas. Happy ka? Happy kaya nga wala kaya tuntuon? Pawala ka lang all the time. You know, maybe God is telling you to reconcile to your parents. Maybe God is telling you to ask forgiveness from your wife. Maybe God is telling you to submit to the leadership of your husband. Maybe God is telling you to stop jumping from one partner to another. God has told you this, to do this and to do that over and over again, but you just pretend that you don't hear him. You are playing deaf, deaf, kapabungol-bungol. The second game that kids play to delay obedience is, imagine 
mom is talking to somebody else. Liyo ko gani isang silhig, ikaw ang pinakamalapit sa silhig. But you think that your mom is, you know, referring to somebody else. Ha? Huh? Are you talking to me? Poka namin, no? Ha? Huh? Are you referring to me? You know what? We do it to God all the time as well. Namin namin, kaya sa wali mo, pastor. Para gito sa bana ko mo. Kunari di gurong bana ko. Bahaw, igo, gurong bana ko. You know what? Hindi to ya para sa bana mo. Para to ya sa imo. Sorry, Johanna, I speak the local language to drive the point deeper. Listen, those words were not for your husbands. It was for you. The fact that your husband is not here, but you are here, that is God's message for you today. Next time when your husband is present here, well then maybe God has also will also have a message for him. And you know what? We delay we delay obedience. Now this is not from me. This is not from me. This is from Rick Warren. But I agree with him when he said that sometimes some adults use counseling to delay obedience. Let me repeat this. Some adults use counseling to delay obedience. As Christians and as adults, we know the problem. And we also know what's the right thing to do. But we go to counseling. And maybe the counselor has already told you what to do during the first session, but you just don't do it. And you just use counseling to delay obedience. Or sometimes they will do it only for a day or only for a week, and then they go back to their old ways again, and then go back to counseling again. No. Don't use counseling to you know, delay obedience. Some people use recovery programs to delay obedience. They use talking about something to delay what they ought to be doing. Here in our church, we have a recovery program. It's called Celebrate Recovery. It is a ministry for people who have hurts, habits, and hang-ups in their lives. But when you attend Celebrate Recovery, and it's been five years, and you are not working on, you are not even growing in your areas of recovery, well, then something is wrong. You have to do something about it. Listen to this. Some Christians also use prayer to delay what they know the right thing to do. Can you imagine? They use counseling. They use the recovery program. They use prayer. Somebody is courting you. Guapo. Purong kabuhi. Layo kaayo sa ginoo. Guapo. You know, handsome. But you know, his life is, you know, he's living a life away from the Lord. Full of vices. Then what are you going to do about it? You don't jump into that relationship. Your life will be destroyed. But what do you do? You delay obedience and you pray that somehow God will change him. <laughs> you know, there is a time for prayer and a time for waiting on the Lord. And there is also a time to do what God has already told you to do. What are the things in your life that you need to clean up? Just do it. Stop wasting your time with counseling. Just do what God wants you to do. We are talking about taking the initiative, not waiting on God. Because God has already told you what to do. Stop praying. Stop using prayer as an excuse. You know what to do already. Just do what God wants you to do. Now listen, what if God responded to your needs at the same speed at what you obey Him? What if God responds to your prayers with the same speed as to how you obey Him? You know, when we are in trouble and we pray, we want God to respond immediately, right? Not after a month, not after a year. We say, God, I need your help and I want your answer now. I need it fast. Now, can you imagine if God will tell you, excuse me, are you talking to me? 
Or, maybe I'll think about it. I'm planning to help you, but maybe it will take a little while. <laughs> if you want the blessing of God in your life, you must take the initiative. You must obey God immediately. As soon as you know what to do, obey God. Again, ano ina ang dugay na nga ginapahimo sa ginoo sa imo, nga gusto man himoon, pero ginadelay mo. What is that one thing that God really wanted you to do but you keep on delaying it? Delayed obedience, my friend, is disobedience. The second, the second thing about taking the initiative is obey God, obey God completely. Obey God, not just instantly, but also obey God completely. You don't tell God, you know God, I will obey this command, but not that one. I will obey you in this verse, but not that verse. <laughs> you see, partial obedience is still disobedience. Psalm 119 verse 4 says, Lord, you gave your orders to be obeyed completely. Now, in order to obey God completely, you have to understand two very important truths. Number one, God's standard of right and wrong has never changed. And it never will. What was right 4,000 years ago is still right today. And what was wrong 4,000 years ago is still wrong today. And it will be the same 4,000 years from now. Lying was wrong when God gave the Ten Commandments. And it is still wrong today. Taking the name of the Lord in vain was wrong during Moses' day. And it is still wrong today. Committing adultery was wrong then and it is still wrong now. Truth, my friends, does not change. Appearance change, culture change, popular opinion changes over time, but truth never changes. If it is true, then it is not new. If it is true, then it is not new. It was already there from the beginning of time. Right is always right and wrong will always be wrong regardless of what opinion polls says. Another is remember that God has a bigger perspective than you. Number one, truth doesn't change. Number two, God has a bigger perspective than you. He can see things you cannot see. He is sovereign and His thoughts are not like our thoughts and His ways are not like our ways. It is just like watching the parade. What we can see are just the things that passes before our eyes. But God sees everything. God is looking at the top of the parade. He knows the beginning, he knows the beginning and he knows the end. He has a bigger perspective. And trying to see things from God's perspective is like an ant trying to understand the internet. <laughs> trying to look at things the way God looks at things is just like an ant trying to understand the internet. It is not possible. We are not capable to see things the way God sees. And we don't have the brain capacity to see it all and to process it all. Can you imagine seeing everything and knowing everything? You think you like that? Can you imagine seeing everything and knowing everything, including the day you die and how you die? <laughs> what if you know that you're going to die next year? And the way you die, you will be you will you will die a brutal death. Siguro, lolo, I know. Hala, ah, 360 days lang mapatay na ko. But you see, even then, it's a gift from God. You just need to trust God. The Bible says in James chapter 4, verse 11, your job is right there. Your job is not to decide whether God's law is right or wrong. You just have to obey it. When Satan first came to Eve in the Garden of Eden, his first temptation was, did God really say? 
Did God really say, did God really say that you should not eat of the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil? Surely you will not die. The very first sin, my friend, started with doubting God's word. When we start to entertain doubt in our minds, then sin is crouching at the door. And the same is also true with you. Every time you are tempted, the devil is still using the same lines with you. Now, I know the, the Bible says, you know, you know, sometimes maybe you would say, I know what the Bible says. Do not have sex outside of marriage. But I think it is okay as long as both of you are in love. I know the Bible says, you know, but I have to, I have to do this, but I, I don't know if it's still relevant in the 21st century. Don't let Satan mess you up with that. Don't doubt the Word of God. Just obey it. We always get into trouble when we doubt. When we doubt two things, we always get into trouble. Number one, when we doubt God's Word. And number two, when we doubt God's love. When you love God and you trust God, you say, God, I'm going to obey you and I'm going to obey you the way you want me to. I will do what you want me to do. I will do it when you want me to do it and I will do it even though I don't understand it. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 in the message version says this. Trust God from the bottom of your heart. Don't try to figure out everything on your own. Listen. Where have you been trying to figure out everything on your own? What areas of your life are you trying to figure everything on your own? Where have you been not trusting God? Where have you been not obeying Him instantly and not obeying Him completely? Taking the initiative, my friends, means obeying God immediately, instantly, and completely. And the third thing is obey God joyfully. Ano ito una? Obeying God immediately. Number two, obeying God completely. And number three is obeying God joyfully. Now, this is the attitude that God is looking for. That you obey Him, not begrudgingly. That you don't obey Him with a grumpy attitude. That you don't obey Him with because you should and you must, but you obey Him with a joyful attitude. It happens to, 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 to us, especially parents. Nang may ginasugo kabla sa bata mo, tapos ang bata mo, gapati, mantuod, gapudag-pudag, kanami, gidno. Hindi ko gani, kwa asang silig. Gapati. Pudag-pudag-pudag. Hindi ko gani, fix ang imorong. Lampos pertahan, gapati pero kalampos pertahan. How would you feel? You know? Psalm 100 verse 2 says, Obey him gladly. You can encircle the word gladly. Psalm 119 verse 47 in the New Century Version says, I enjoy obeying your commands. <laughs> enjoy haya. Circle the word enjoy. Now, why is it enjoyable to do what God commands you to do? Why do we have the reason to enjoy obeying what God is telling us to do? It may be hard sometimes, but the joy comes from three reasons. Number one, it will be enjoyable because I will be experiencing a lot of benefits and I will have fewer problems in my life. If you do what God is telling you to do, if you just obey the Word of God, you're safe. Your problems will be reduced dramatically if you do it God's way and not your way. Listen, all our problems in life can be traced back to the point when we live our lives apart from God. Would you agree? But, when we live our lives 
God's way rather than our own way, we are safe. Number two, second reason why I need to be joyful in obeying God's command is because I know I will be rewarded in heaven someday for obeying God here on earth. Like a topic, no? So we will not dwell on this. And number three, I know that it will be enjoyable because I love God and I know what He has done for me. I am grateful to God. I am nothing apart from God. And so I joyfully obey Him out of love, out of gratitude. Now for us who have been living a not-so-good life before God took us out from that kind of life and gave us the chance to serve Him in full-time church ministry, this is our last throw. Kung sa ilunggo pa yan, huling hirit niya namun. Huling hirit niya namun. Honestly, by you know, looking back, I cannot, you know, after 30 years, I cannot imagine my life if I did not become a full-time pastor. Kung lain bino, if I pursued my engineering career, no, ano yung kabuwi ko subuman? And so, whatever I do for God right now, I do it out of gratitude. First John 5.3 is love God. Right there at the bottom. Loving God means doing what He tells us to do. You know, I can say that I love God. But it is only when I do what God tells me to do that I show that I really love Him. Let's, let's think about it for a moment. Do you know how God measures your love for Him? Do you know how God measures your love for Him? Not by what you say, but God measures your love for Him by your obedience. John chapter 14, verse 15 says, If you love me, obey my commandments. He measures your love by how much you follow His directions. This is how we show our love to God. By keeping His commandments. Taking the initiative means loving God or obeying God immediately, obeying God completely, and then the third is obeying God joyfully, and the last is obeying God continually. Obeying God continually. In other words, it is not just a one-time happening in my life. Following Jesus Christ is not a 100-meter dash run. It is a marathon that will last a lifetime. Obeying God continually is not something that we do now and then. That you say, I obey God now, but I will not obey Him tomorrow. Or, I obey God tomorrow, but maybe not next week. You know, it is something that you do for the rest of your life. Obeying God out of love, obeying God out of gratitude is a lifelong pursuit. You know, the Bible says in Psalm 119, Verse 112, I am determined to obey you until I die. Grabe, no? I am determined to obey you until I die. Have you made that choice? That you are going to obey God not only completely but also continually? That Psalm 119 verse 12 become, becomes now your life prayer. Every day as you start your day, you say, God, with your help, I am determined to obey you until I die. Have you made that choice? Can you say that right now? If not, what is holding you back? Can you can you pray Psalm 119 verse 112 with conviction in your heart with sincerity in your heart Can you make that your life commitment to God If you cannot do that what is holding you back Ano naga ano naga pugong sa imo 
Can you say with me, I am determined to obey you until I die, so help me God. It will not be easy. Sometimes it will not be popular. It may not seem fun. But I am going to obey you until the day I die. If you make that choice, then you will feel blessings in your life that is beyond your wildest dreams. <laughs> you know why? Because God will open the floodgates of heaven for you. Things that, you know, beyond your imagination, stretching your imagination. That was our topic last Sunday. Things that, you know, you never even imagined will happen to your life. If not today, will then maybe 15 years from now or 18 years from now or even 30 years from now. You know, when I, again, going back to the, to, to, to the time when God called me to become a full-time pastor, I was reviewing for the engineering, electrical engineering board exams. I was preparing to become an engineer when the Lord called me to become a full-time pastor. And I raised my hand and then the pastor prayed for me. Then after that, after that decision, I still, you know, went on with my engineering board exams. I took the board exams. But after passing the board exams, I kept my promise to God. That was more than 30 years ago. And when I made that decision, I, you know, I don't even know what to do and where to go. The Lord impressed upon my heart to pastor to the mountains, to pastor to the, to the last, to the least. And... <laughs> They're not included. I don't, I, I don't imagine, I don't imagine pastoring a city church or working in a city. But the Lord had other plans for me. That was 30 years ago. And the Lord just blessed me and my ministry, and not only me and my ministry, but also my family, my siblings and their families as well, beyond what we even imagine. There is nothing that God will do for a person who is totally and completely dedicated to doing His will. The Bible says this in Psalm 119 verse 33, Just tell me what to do and I will do it. As long as I live, I will wholeheartedly obey. Grabe nga mga prayers, no? Let this be our rule for life and watch how God will bless us. Maybe you are here and you say, you know, Pastor, why is it that there are areas of my life that God is not telling me what to do in that area? I have been praying about this situation. I have been begging Him to show me what to do in this situation. But God seems silent. But He seems silent. Let me tell you this. It is probably you are not doing what He has already told you to do. Are you telling me that God will not give me step two until I finish step one? Yes. <laughs> God will not give you steps two and three until you are done with step one. Again, going back to our Celebrate Recovery Ministry, uh, one of the steps, uh, we, well, we study the roads to recovery, eight roads to recovery, but one of the steps that we use in our recovery program because it's easier is the 12 steps of recovery. It's the same steps that an AA uses or NA uses, steps to recovery. You have to go through step one first. And if you are done with step one, then you can go to step two. It's the same with God. You see, God will not tell you, God gonna tell you what to do then. You, know, you decide whether you do it or not. You cannot ask God to tell you what to do and then you decide whether you are going to do it or not, whatever He tells you. No, God doesn't work that way. Why will God give you another revelation when you have not even obeyed what He already told you to do yesterday? Natagaan niya kapag, okay, wala pa ni mo na obey ang daan. It was said of Confucius that when his students come to him for advice, he will just give his students one advice one year. Example, 
if his students have a problem with anger or with patient, then Confucius will give him only one thing to do. Then after one year, his students will come back to him. And then Confucius will ask him, what have you done with your anger or your problem with patience? If you succeed, then he will give you another virtue for the year. But if you fail, you go back. <laughs> you keep working on that step. You keep on working in that area until you succeed. And then you come back and then I give you another one. Philippians chapter 3 verse 16 says, We must be sure to obey the truth we have learned already. We must be sure to obey the truth that we have learned already. Let me give you some examples of this. Are you obeying God? Are you obeying God in the truths that you have learned already? For example, if you are in a dating relationship, if you are dating, are you obeying God in your dating relationships? Are you obeying God in the area of your finances? You know what to do, but are you doing it? Are you obeying God in your business practices? You know what to do, but the question is, are you doing it? You know, my business principle is very simple. Give unto Caesar what is due unto Caesar and give unto God what is due to God. In other words, that means I will, I will give the right amount of tax to the government and I will give the right amount of tithes to the church. That's just it. Simple as that. Amula na yang ako niya na simple business practice. And when you act on what God has told you to do, then He tells you more. He gives you another revelation. If you're waiting for God to give you directions and it's not coming, well, then you need to ask yourself this question. Lord, where have you already told me to do something that I am not doing? Kung may mga ginakapangayo kasi ginawa ang direksyon, wala ginahatag sa ginawa ang direksyon sa imo, you need to ask yourself this question. Ano bala ang mga ginapaubra sa akon sa ginawa nga wala ko panahimo? Kay basik kinanglan ko anay iniunahon nga himoon. Where am I right now being disobedient to God? And when you do that, that will move you forward. You know, for the past three weeks, we have been learning a lot of familiar things about faith. Familiar, but maybe new for most of us, including myself. You know? Are you acting on it? Ginakabuhi mo ang ato na Andre? Are you acting on it? Are you applying it? Have you done anything about it? Because we are only kidding ourselves if we think that hearing something about faith, taking down notes about faith, and filling in the blanks about faith, and discussing faith in our small group means we are also growing spiritually. Now, the Bible says, faith without action is dead. Faith without works is dead. Faith that does nothing is worth nothing. You have to act on it. It is this acting on faith that makes you grow. I received this, in the tweet, I received this private message from a first-time guest. He came here during the afternoon worship service and his friend who invited him to church um, asked him how he is doing throughout the week and he said, you know what? Um, we, we are drowning with financial problems. My father is sick. And, you know, every day this is what we're going to pay the hospital. But thank you very much for that line that says, I will be with you wherever you go. He acted on it. First time niya nga nagsimba sa Atondrila Sunday and he was sitting at the back. But his greatest takeaway for that Sunday sermon was, I will be with you wherever you go. And he acted on it. But let me ask you, what would that look like for you? Faith is like a muscle. It only grows in size when you exercise it. You have to move forward. You have to step out. You have to take the initiative and do something about what you have learned. 
Now, what does that look like for you? What would taking the next step look like for you in some areas that you already know what God wants you to do but you are not doing anything about it? What steps of obedience do you need to take? Maybe you need to give your life to Christ. You have religion, no question. You also go to church. You also believe in God. But can you really say in your heart that you are rightly related to God? That you are a child of God. That God hears, that God listens when you call. And He also answers. That you have the right relationship with Him. Maybe it is to be baptized. My father was an unchurched man. And one time in his life, he told me, he's retired already. Now, one time in his life, I think I was still in, in college or in high school, and he told me this, Son, someday, when I retire, I will get rid of all this drinking, and I will get rid of all this smoking, and I will get rid of all these vices, and I will get serious with God. And I'm going to be baptized, and I'm going to join the church. My father died without being baptized and without joining a church. You know why? You just have to do it. Just do it. Now, what step of obedience do you need to take for yourself? Give your life to Christ, be baptized, join ICTOS Next Gen, or if not ICTOS, join any other Bible-believing Christian church. Make a commitment to be a part of a small group even when this series is over. Maybe you are here and you are benefiting from the sessions, uh, from, the, from the worship services or you know you, you like your workbooks, you are learning something um, out of the daily devotions, you also memorize verses, but you have not decided to join a small group yet. You know, mas lain pagid iya kung join ka sa small group because uh, you are also learning not just from the sermon of the pastor, but from the learnings of other people in your small group. And you will be amazed. You know, personally, I have learned a lot by joining one of the small groups after this worship service. I listen to them. I, I, I listen to them. Kailain-lain ang pagdeal sang ginuo sa atun. God deals with each one of us differently. And we learn from each other. Maybe you need to ask for forgiveness from somebody. Or you need to forgive someone. What is What does the next step look like to you? Maybe it is to give your tithes. Maybe it is to share your faith with your friends or your neighbors. Or some of your family members. Where do you need to dare to trust God? Where do you need to take the risk? Where do you need to take the initiative? Let me encourage you, don't be afraid. Remember our memory verse this week? Philippians chapter 4, verse 13. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. When you take the initiative, when you step out in faith, you can count on God to give you the strength you need to do in what He called you to do. And when you do it, He will show you the next step for you to take in the life of daring faith. Shall we pray? Father, I thank you for bringing these people here today, for you to speak to each one of them freely, not only in their minds, but also touching their hearts. Father, I don't know how you have spoken to everyone who came here today. But I believe as we have prayed, we believe as we have asked for that you will touch each heart who are present here today. And I don't know how you have spoken to each one of them. But my friend, just before I end, I don't know how God has spoken to you. I don't know what areas of your life you need to do the thing that God has already told you to do, but you just keep on delaying it. Maybe it is in the area of relationships. Maybe you need to forgive somebody. 
Or maybe you are the one who needs asking for forgiveness. You also believe in God. You also come to church. But you don't really take God seriously in your life. And God has been, has been speaking to your heart for a week, for weeks now, maybe for months. For you to be really serious with Him. Have that personal relationship with Him. Maybe it is to work on something with your patience, with your anger. Maybe it is to take care of your health. Maybe it is to trust God with whatever you need and trust Him with your finances. I don't know. I don't know. But I believe with all my heart that God has spoken to you today in a very personal way through His Word. And it is my prayer that would you respond that you that you respond to him appropriately. You may not know what words to say. But you can follow me in this simple prayer sincerely in your heart. You can pray this prayer with me. God, I come before you. And I humbly ask your help. to help me in this area of my life. And then you can tell God whatever it is. Area of relationship, area of finances, area of ministry, area of getting serious with Him. Area of work, area of study. Why don't you lay it down before God today? And by His grace, obey Him immediately, obey Him completely, Obey Him continually and obey Him joyfully. I don't want to assume that all of us present here today have that right relationship with God. Maybe you have also religion. Maybe you also come to church. Maybe you also believe in God. But deep in your heart, you are not even sure that you are saved. Deep in your heart, you are not even sure that you are a child of God that you are going to heaven when your life here on earth is over. Why don't you come to God today and give your life to God completely? I dare you. <laughs> Maybe this is, this is the first step in daring faith that you need to take. Giving your life to God completely. Pastor, I want to do that. I don't know what to do. Follow me in this simple prayer. Upod ka sa ako sa sininga-pangamuyo na sinsiro sa imo tagipusoon. Why don't you pray, God? Say these words in your mouth. Sincerely in your heart, God. I want to be saved. I know I am a sinner. And I cannot save myself from all my sins. Please forgive me. And now, I receive your free gift of salvation in the person of your son, Jesus, and his finished work at the cross of Calvary. Lord Jesus, please come into my heart make me the person that you want me to be. My friend, is that your prayer? If you pray that prayer sincerely in your heart, the Bible says, whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. You become a child of God. And it is my prayer that you will also grow in your relationship with God starting today. Father, again, I thank you for bringing these people here today for them to listen to you, speak to them freely through your word. I pray that would you use those same words in their hearts to remind them of the basic realities of life as they will be facing life's challenges, life's demands, life's deadlines once again this week. Bless each one of them, Lord. Bless their families. 
bless their jobs, bless their studies, bless their relatives, bless their concerns, Lord. It is my prayer that would you use these words, Holy Spirit of God, would you draw them closer to your heart for your glory and for your honor. I pray all these things in the mighty name of Jesus, our Savior. Amen, amen, and amen.